Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Hey there, this is episode 74 of With Heart and Wonder. This one is for you if you are a big feeler. If you're someone who experiences a lot of emotion, like me and today's guest, Heather, I know you are going to love this episode. It is jam-packed with all sorts of insights, heartfelt wisdom, and really practical tools to embrace your emotions as messengers. In just a moment, I'll tell you about my new friend, Heather. But first, I wanted to take a quick moment to remind you that May is giveaway month. You can head on over to meganjohnston.com slash podcast survey to participate in our first ever With Heart and Wonder listener survey. There's some pretty incredible prizes that you'll be entered for a chance to win just by taking a few moments to fill out that listener survey. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say and to use all of your beautiful insights to make the show even better. Now, let me tell you about today's guest, Heather. Heather Dressel is the founding mother of Divinely Sensitive and guide us of the Hear Her podcast. As an energy doula, she creates a safe, sacred space for women to sit with their emotions embrace their intuition, and release what they don't need to carry. You'll feel seen, heard, and held as she walks you home to your inner goddess. Through guided journeys, healing groups, and the Hear Her sisterhood, she invites you to play and explore with your intuition and connection to the spiritual and natural world. Heather, I am so, so delighted to have you on the podcast today. And we have actually like just gotten to know each other in the last few weeks. We participated in a podcast accelerator together because you have your own beautiful podcast called Hear Her. It feels just like one of those like beautiful, delicious, synchronistic moments where everything is coming together. I want to start just because I know you identify as a big feeler, and I would love to start there with how that shows up for you in your life. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful, and it's such an honor to be here with you, Megan. I feel the same. It's been such a joy getting to know you and now having the honor of being here on your podcast, so thank you so much for having me. So yes, if you follow me or you read any of my stuff, you'll always see something that says, I feel all the feels. I am a big feeler. I am a highly sensitive empath. And so for anyone who's listening who may not quite understand, about 30% of the population is highly sensitive. And our brains are actually wired differently than people who are not highly sensitive. Uh, And the best way to describe it is we're just taking in a lot more. We're picking up on all the subtleties, facial expressions, body language, um, you know, celestial things, global things. Um, And the next thing I always share is, you know, emotions, right? Energy and motion. 
that's a big uh, piece of my work. And energy is everywhere, right? Everything is energy. The scientific and spiritual communities agree on this. Yes. That everything mm-hmm. is energy. And so we're consistently like in, we're walking through energy. There's energy around us, within us. And so when you're a highly sensitive person, when you're an empath, when you really soak things in, especially if you're an emotional empath like I am, you're taking in all of that energy. Um, you're feeling things at a much deeper level uh, than people who are not um, you know, highly sensitive or who are empaths. And so it's interesting to be a feeler in a world where feelings are really seen as a weakness and are disregarded, seen as, uh, you know, the non-desirable feelings, right? And I, I am a, a crier. That's just how, <laughs> that's just how my, my system works. Yeah. You know, it's, um, one thing I have learned in my journey as a feeler, um, as someone who picks up energy consistently, that it is absolutely essential for me to have a daily practice of letting go, of releasing energy. And, you know, when you are dealing with bottled up emotions and you're a crier like myself, to me, there's like no better way to let go and release than through tears. You know, it's really a beautiful way to let go. Uh, And what's interesting about that for me is ever since I was a kid, that was really frowned upon. You know, like, oh, you're crying again? Seriously, now what's wrong? You know, all of these really not nice ways of dealing with a kid's emotion. I'm sure that a lot of kids still experience this today. Like, don't cry. Everything's fine. Suck it up. My life started out with a lot of that. And you can't just stop what you feel. You can't just stop your feelings. So it's been an interesting journey for me. Um, You know, I really got away from my sentience and away from my body and kind of went down a road of of numbing because it felt so wrong because my emotions were really never met uh, with love. There was never space for my emotions. There is so much in what you just shared, so much that I know we'll have the chance to explore a little bit today. So much that I, I think these little golden nuggets that I know are um, are like icebergs with so much underneath. Could we start though, Heather? Because I had actually this conversation with someone, must have been like six to eight weeks ago, um, where they were like, what is an empath? I think you can kind of get it from what you just shared. Could you just define that for us? And I know we can define, you did a beautiful job defining highly sensitive person. And that's something we've talked about too on the podcast before. And there's a little quiz you can go take on the internet. I think there's like 28 questions that you can you can do around that. Um, but yeah, tell us about what it means when someone says they're an empath. Sure. So, you know, I started out when I, when I really started to understand what it meant to be highly sensitive and I really understood what it meant to be an empath, uh, it all started with emotions for me. It all started as an emotion, being an emotional empath. What I started to learn along my journey is that there are many different types of empaths um, that 
to me, just means that you are so in tune. It's almost like there's a veil, a thin, a thinner veil between you and whatever it is, whatever kind of empath you are, right? If you're uh, an emotional empath, there's a really thin veil with emotions and you're soaking them up like a Sometimes you don't even know. You know, before I knew I was an empath, I had no idea. I just thought I am just destined to be an overwhelmed person because I had no idea that it was a lot of the time not my anxiety, a lot of the time not my sadness. I was picking up on other people's emotions. So, you know, in terms of an emotional empath, you're soaking in other people's emotions like a sponge. And there's all different kinds of empaths. And I'm trying to remember all of them, but you know, there are animal empaths out there, people who can really feel the energy, emotion, essence, and, you know, communicate with um, animals. Uh, same for plants. There's plant empaths. There's empaths who I can't remember exactly what the term is, but uh, who will walk into a space mm-hmm. and just soak in all the energy. And a lot of times you can have you know, be an empath and soak in all the things. You know, for me, I do truly feel that if if you walk into a room, imagine yourself walking into a room, right? And you walk in and immediately you can just feel the tense energy. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll walk into a room and be like, oh boy, like somebody had a fight or like, you know, there's some really uncomfortable energy happening here right now. And then as soon as you start to scope out the people, it's like you can feel where it's coming from, mm-hmm. um, which can be really overwhelming if you don't totally have tools and practices to help you navigate the world because you're now you're you're navigating and going through the world um, in such a more sensitive place than most people. That idea of just um, a heightened connection yes. and a heightened feeling, a heightened sense that could be very beyond language and indescribable, but that feeling. And I love when you described it because I think um, there is this element in which sometimes having language for our experience that has maybe been quashed or maybe we've been made to feel like we aren't normal for most of our lives, but having language, like I remember that for me when I got that language of a highly sensitive person and just being like, oh, okay, there's a bit of a relief. There's an exhale in like a, okay, it's, it's okay that I get rattled when somebody is unloading the dishwasher and get like that sensory overload. It's just the way I'm wired and that there are gifts with that as well. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I remember that feeling as well. Like, oh, I'm not alone. It can feel very lonely, especially as a kid. And I remember caring so much about everything. Like I deeply cared. And I remember being like, well, geez, that girl doesn't care. Like I wish I could be like that. Why doesn't she care? Why do I care so much? You know, as a kid, I had no idea. I didn't understand. I didn't have language. I didn't know there were Mm -hmm. people like me. And so, yes, I identify with what you're saying in terms of this big sigh of relief of like, oh, Okay, it's this is you know this is who I am a highly sensitive person and that is okay. Yeah, and there are other there are other criers out there. I'm a I'm a big crier too. I have so many stories of just like places that I've cried (laughs) over my life. Um, I think it is so beautiful that there is more and more discussion 
I think societally and culturally about emotions now. Oh, yeah. I feel like compared to when I was younger. And still, and I know this is a huge part of your work, just because there is more discussion of emotions doesn't necessarily mean we're letting ourselves feel them. Oh. And doesn't necessarily mean we're letting them move. And I shared this with you a few weeks ago on Instagram. I did a post about, you know, sometimes when we're stuck in life, it's because our emotions are stuck. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're not letting our emotions move and our energy move. And we're, like you said, numbing ourselves. We're not letting things flow. And so when we let our emotions get unstuck, we get unstuck. And it, like, it really really resonated with people. Can we talk about this? Let's yeah. talk about emotions and them being stuck in our ourselves and us not letting ourselves feel them. Yeah. Well, I think, oh, this is such a great topic of conversation. I mean, I think what's the most important at a base level for people to understand, which, you know, was, was told to me, uh, it was like a remembering. I was reminded of this a few years ago that emotions are energy in motion. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of blew my mind. You know, sometimes you have to hear things a bunch of times before it really hits home for you. And I thought, wow, you know, emotions are energy in motion. And so if we don't allow that energy to flow, if we don't allow the tears to come, if we don't allow ourselves to be angry and stomp and scream and, you know, beat a pillow or or whatever helps you to move that energy through you, it has nowhere to go. It yeah. doesn't go anywhere. So where, what happens to that energy? You know, it stays in your body. It cozies up to, to your tissues and your cells and it causes dis-ease, you know, eventually yes. causing disease, which is where my story went. And so that became a huge learning time for me. You know, I always say life is my mystery school. Mm. This became, you know, a huge place in my life where I really started to learn about that and about how important emotions are. Because when you grow up as a kid who is continuously being shut down from their emotions, what are you supposed to think? They're bad, you know, like tears don't belong in the boardroom. Boys don't cry. I mean, all the things that We've heard women are too emotional. Uh, you grow up and it's like deeply rooted inside of you. So you, you really have to go through this unraveling um, and find these safe spaces and, you know, be with a therapist or be with a coach or a healer, a safe space with people who will really hold space for you to just feel, you know, people who aren't going to try to fix you or tell you what to do right away. Because really, how do we feel our emotions? It's a question of just allowing yourself to be. And that's really, really hard sometimes. It doesn't feel good. It feels uncomfortable. We want to just push past that. We want to, you know, get around it. We don't want to feel it or it's not the right time to feel it or, you know, so, so then what happens? You can't go around an emotion. You have to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. We say that all the time, my partner and I, the only way out is through. And don't you find, uh, I know as someone who works works with people who are often looking to have a different experience of life, 
so often we want like the tips and the tricks and the quick fixes and people want like almost like the roadmap Mm -hmm. and there's a tendency to to be pulled into wanting like this proven answer when so much of the time it's actually a matter of just letting ourselves feel our feelings and then the clarity can emerge. It's almost like when we let ourselves feel the feelings, the fog can dissipate and we can reconnect, which that voice inside, which I know you speak about and I know we talk about here on the podcast as like the whisper within, but that there's a lot of noise that we have to clear out first. So much noise. So much noise. And I'm, I mean, guilty. I'm guilty of it. Like, oh, this course is going to help me. Oh, this coach is going to help me. Oh, this, you know, mm. so great, right? The courses are great. The coaches are amazing. The, the book is wonderful. The books are fantastic. When it really comes down to it, nobody can sit with that emotion for you. You yes. have to do it. You have to do the work. And that is hard work. And it can be really scary which is why you want to have the support and the guidance and the love and the space where you feel safe with whoever that is or or whatever group that is. Uh, but yes, it is so easy. You know, I say this all the time. I think I, I say it in the beginning of, of every podcast. Our modern world is loud. It is designed to distract you from the most important thing, you, and the vast inner wisdom you arrived on this earth with. And this is a spiral journey. We're going to continue. It's not linear. We're not going to just all of a sudden be healed, right? We are on a healing journey. And so we're going to keep coming back around to things, including emotions or triggers around things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to, what I'm, what I'm learning now um, in my 40s is that our emotions actually are here to teach us things. They're messages. They're little messengers. And if we just give them love, if we just sit with them, which is really hard. I'm not saying, oh, just go sit with your emotions, right? I, I, I am aware uh, that that is difficult. And I'm learning, like if I blow up or or I'm feeling something really deeply, now I will sit with it and, and just say to it, like, okay, sadness, like I'm with you. I'm here with you. Mm. You know, like what's going on? What's underneath this? What has triggered this emotion? You know, sometimes I can't do that because I can't see straight because emotions can be very intense, right? Where you're not in that safe space. Exactly. Where where you can, like, because there is that need, right? To feel that yes. sense of safety. Yes. Yes, because of the years and years and years and years of emotions and feelings really being shut down and frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know? I I I love how you framed this. And it's definitely something that's been a huge part of my journey to um remember when I was 19 being introduced to this idea of emotions as signposts that are there just mm-hmm. to point us in a different direction. And that they're there to tell us something and just like how it was that aha moment for me of up until that time, emotions were this thing 
that felt like barriers. They felt like roadblocks, this thing that I had to jump or climb or crawl over in order to get where I needed to go. Like they needed to be plowed through rather than welcomed. And what I heard you so clearly describe is really sit with and get curious about. Like I think you used the word cozy up to them, you know, and just like get really curious in that gentle, compassionate way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because what does everybody really want? Like we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be held. We want to be understood. We want to be loved. And our emotions are a reflection of that. Yeah. Can we talk about your journey Yeah. in terms of like starting to come to this place of recognizing that emotions needed to move through you? Mm. How did you start that process? Because like you said, it is an uncomfortable process and it's not something that we can dive in and get accomplished in a day or a weekend. You know, it's like a thing that takes time. What does this look like for you, reconnecting with your emotions and finding ways to release them? Mm, That's a beautiful question. I would say it probably all started with my spiritual awakening and that's when my mom died. Um, Mm. Very, very close. And she was diagnosed with lung cancer and she died five weeks later. So it was a really big uh, blow for me. And then about a year later, I went through my own cancer journey. I had thyroid cancer. Uh, And at the time was learning a lot about chakras and the energy centers, you know, within us and and the throat area being very much of Mm self-expression. My whole life I held back. I didn't really share my my true self. I was always worried what people were going to think. Uh, and so having the experience of, of losing my mother and then facing my own mortality uh, and, and, you know, this insane fear of being taken away from my children, it, it started there. It started there yeah. for me because I started to really question things. I looked at things so differently and this was all around the same time that um, I had started my therapy journey. Uh, you know, so really, I guess it may start even a little bit further back. I had terrible postpartum depression and anxiety with my second child. And, you know, it took me two years of telling people that something was wrong. And everyone gave me the, oh, you're tired. You have a newborn and a two-year-old. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Until one day I woke up and I was like, I'm not fine. You know, like I need help. And I'm so not fine that like, I think this journey starts with medication. And that's actually where my journey started. And then I started, then I went to therapy and then I started opening myself up to different practices. I went to acupuncture. I started really getting into breath work. And so I think all of those things were like little breadcrumbs for me. And everyone I was talking to, every therapist, every acupuncturist, every healer, we were always coming back to feelings, which is like mm-hmm. a really uncomfortable place for me because because what I said in the beginning, they, there was never space. I was always shut down. And so it was uncomfortable. And, you know, that snowballed into me starting to understand emotions are energy in motion and all of these little things. And I just kind of started to follow. And I think the biggest piece for me was oh, wow, like I've got this feeling thing down. I just need to allow it. 
right? I need to make space for it. I need to be okay with it. And you know what? This journey has been going on for almost a decade now. And I still struggle with that. You know, as you were asking me the question, the first thing that came to my mind was I still struggle with that because, you know, life deals us all kinds of different cards. And just because you got through one situation in learning how to lean into your emotions doesn't necessarily mean that the next one's going to be easier. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so I feel like I've really been in this space in my life where I've been almost in like initiation. It's like I keep having these big things happening in my life. And every single time it's bringing me back around to two things, feeling my emotions, you know, and caring for myself through chaos. Those are those are the two big things. And so I continue because I know how important it is. And I don't want to put my body in a situation where it's holding so much that the only way it can respond is with cancer. And so and so I am a forever student. You know, I say to the people that I, I work with and I say on my podcast a lot, I'm not your guru. Like we said before, I'm not here to give you five steps to like feeling your emotions because it is so different for everyone. Like I'm a sister traveler and I'm so grateful to be here with you on the spiral journey. I love hearing you affirm. And what I really heard as you were just talking about was just this affirmation, which I feel like is so needed that that people need to hear that it's not a one and done thing. No. That image that you have of the spiral I think is so powerful. And it's not a thing that we do once and master. It is a constant practice. It is a practice. It is a constant practice. Awareness gets easier. That's what gets easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can become more aware. We can become sometimes sometimes quicker at recognizing, Mm -hmm. but the goal isn't to not have to do the work. It's, I always think like the goal is that there's going to be work to do, but how do we do it in a way that is as gentle and curious and compassionate as possible? Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, I'm, I'm so grateful for the way that you talked about that because I think sometimes people think like, oh, I've been here before. Like I've been in grief before. I've been in depression before. I've been in overwhelm before. I must have done something wrong because here I am again. Like somehow it's my fault, you know, for not doing a good job. Yeah. When in reality, it's like there's waves of life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for the way that you framed that. Something that's also really important, I think, to remember is – if everything is energy, right, and we're bound to be soaking it in on a daily basis, you know, this is why for myself personally and for um, my community, learning how to release energy is so important. You know, we're holding so much, especially as women, uh, we hold on to, we carry you know, not only our own stuff, but you know, there's generational trauma that we didn't even sign up for and and we just get it passed down to us. There's, you know, what we're dealing with with our families and our children and our friends and our partners and and all of those things. And so be gentle yourself. It's a lot. It's a lot. Be gentle, you know, And, and just because you're coming back around to grief, you're different. 
Your grief mm-hmm. is different. You're carrying old grief. You know, grief doesn't necessarily go away. Yes. My mother's been gone for seven years and the waves continue. I was going to bring that up because I think there's that element too of, I mean, and I'd love to to dive into this with you, but you know, when we talk about releasing emotions, it's also not a one and done. Thing. No, you know, like no. it's not like it's not like it's not like you just like one day decide you're going to release grief and it's going to be gone. I actually, I made a kind of a confession on the podcast a few episodes ago in episode seventy one because it's so easy for us to 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 think like that, right? The emotion that I have a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble with is feeling anger, and I know it's inside me. I know it's in my cells. I know it's like deep down in there. And I have a lot of trouble letting myself feel it as well as releasing it. So for my birthday this year, I went to a smash room with the idea of releasing anger and seeing if I could leave some of it behind before this next year around the sun. And I That's think- amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I brought my sister and one of my best friends with me. But what was really interesting is I definitely thought it was going to be like this, like almost like a TV show scene of this cathartic experience where I end up in tears and then suddenly feel so much lighter. And that is like 100% not what happened Um, because we have to build that sense of safety. Like we have to build that ability. So much of my journey and like, don't get me wrong, I did release a little bit of anger and there were moments, there were moments where I felt myself go deep. But they were moments because you're rebuilding your ability. It's like you were talking about before to just be or to whether it's to be still or to be in grief or to sit with it. Like it's not going to happen all right away. Uh, Yeah. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not, which is why it's so important to be gentle with ourselves, which is why, you know, two, three years ago sitting in my garden, that's, you know, when I had this epiphany of like, I need to be releasing energy every single day. And the cool Mm. part about it is you don't even have to know. You can just set the intention to release unwanted energy and take a walk or take a shower. You know, there's so many different ways to let go of energy. This is perfect because I was going to ask you your favorite ways to release energy. So you just gave us some, (laughs) like setting the intention and what stood out for me with the examples you just gave was then there was this movement, you know, like the movement of going for a walk or the movement of a shower, or even I can imagine like the movement of writing. So tell us more. What are some other ways that you like to release energy or that you help others release energy? Mm. Oh my goodness. There's so many. I mean, my favorite I've mentioned, but I want to just go back to it because I really have made a ritual out of it and it's become my most one of my most favorite ways to release energy is is having a sacred shower. Mm, I love this. Is, I talk about this all the time. So I not with the language of sacred shower. So I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. But I talk about all the time how like it, I will if I need if I need to like connect or like if I have an engagement or something and I'm like not in a good place, I go hop in the shower. Oh, it is transparent. It's, it just transforms you, it compl- mm. for me anyway. Uh, the water, right? I work a lot with elements. And, you know, the element of water, oh, my gosh, the precious life-giving element of water. What are, yes. what are the healing properties? It's cleansing. It, it's purifying. And so, you know, for me, I'll get a candle and I will, you know, get the shower going and I'll stand in front of the shower 
and I'll take a deep breath and I'll feel my feet on the ground and I'll feel into my body to really like become present in the moment. And I light the candle and I'll say something like, I light this candle in honor of letting go of all the energy I picked up today that I don't need to or whatever Mm. you can say, whatever you want. I'm lighting this candle in honor of releasing energy from this specific, you know, happening. Or you could just say, I'm lighting this candle in honor of letting go. And then, you know, I put the candle down. I take a breath. I step over the threshold. You know, I imagine it's a threshold into the shower, into this like healing, safe place. We're talking about a safe place, right? And I just breathe. And I imagine, you know, that water is just falling down on me, washing away from both my physical and my energy body, whatever needs to go. You know, I'll even go as far as whispering into the soap some sort of little prayer or something like help to help me, you know, please support me, please help me in letting go of this energy. And like, imagine myself like really washing it off, you know, mm-hmm. and then letting it go with the water and imagining that energy just like going down the drain, um, you know, breathing in the shower and just letting the water run is is probably one of my most favorite. And staying in, in water, if you want to have some fun, I mean, you could do it anywhere, right? You could be in the ocean and you could release. You could be in a lake. You could be in a pool. The rain is also one of my most favorite places because, you know, it's so natural. And that's like Mm. mama, mama Gaia, like raining down on you and really helping you release. You can simply stand on the ground outside. Take your shoes off. Put your feet on the ground. People talk about earthing, right? Pulling in the energy of the earth. Release to the earth. Mama Gaia, she'll take that energy. Whatever it is, however negative you think it is, she's going to turn it into something beautiful like a flower. So just standing there, it's the intention. This is what I always say with releasing. You can add release. You can weave releasing energy into your daily existence in any way that works for you. Washing dishes, Mm -hmm. a walk. It's truly the intention that matters Mm -hmm. most. And when your brain starts to go, you know, on the hamster wheel, as it does, your intention is like your anchor. When that starts to happen for me, I'll say, okay, what was my intention? I'm going to go back to my intention and I breathe. All right, I'm releasing. Uh, you know, so there there are so many, many ways to release. Those are just a few. Such, such beautiful examples that you shared infused with so much heart and ritual and mindfulness and presence. I I love those examples. And and what I love about them too is that they're very you. Like you have found yes. the things that feel really good for you. Yeah. And like you said before, it's going to be different for, for everyone. But those are some ideas that people can play with and get a sense and start to reconnect with what will feel good for them. Yeah, totally. And I love that you said people can play with because that's the important thing. You know, people can get really serious around this kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. like myself included in the beginning of my journey. And and what I've learned along the way is like, it's really about playing and exploring about what works for you. Like you said, getting curious, you know, opening yourself up to different books and, uh, you know, different therapies and different therapists and coaches and healers and gathering. You know, I say it's like this big great gathering for my medicine bag. And then even for me on a specific day, it may be different. You know, shower may not work. I might be like, I don't want to shower. I'm not getting in the shower. Like that's not what I'm doing today. And so what else do I have? What are my other tools? 
Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. has, like you said, it is it it is unique to the person and the experience they're having. It's like this theme I felt like is is so beautifully weaving its way through our conversation of this theme of flowing. And like, you know, the like emotions being energy and motion that are meant to flow, you know, the flow of the shower, the flow of the fact that we are constantly in flux and that our needs are changing from any given day. Especially as women, you know, we're Mm -hmm. cyclic beings when every day is not going to be the same. Yes. Or anyone, even those not identifying it as women, but who have female sex hormones. Yes, like thank absolutely. You. There's so many cycles everywhere, so many cycles. And I would love to as we kind of weave our way to the end of this conversation, I would just love in this constant state of flow because as big feelers, as people who, you know, can be carried away in the emotions of others or the things happening around us, how do we keep coming home to ourselves? Or how do you Keep coming home to yourself. What a beautiful, beautiful question. Mm. Oh, I love that. Because that's really what it's all about. You know, life is going to distract us. We're going to be thrown off course. And so really it is about finding ways to come home, come home to yourself, you know, to allow that whisper to get a little bit louder by continuing to come back to it, you know. And, and oh, I would say for me, it's typically nature. Nature is how I come home to myself. I have this, I'm so grateful and blessed to have this incredible nature sanctuary in my backyard. We live in the Blue Ridge Mountains and um, I call it Luna Garden because the moon hangs above her. And, Beautiful. you know, when I am really feeling untethered, that is what I do. I go out into my garden and I get still and I get quiet. I typically will put a hand on my womb and a hand on my heart and just breathe and come back, you know, allow myself to come back to me. Uh, and I I do explore the idea of having an inner goddess, you know, hear her actually started that way. It started as hear her, the wise, sensitive, intuitive goddess living at your core, you know, uh, this this essence within us. That is our home that we can connect to and feel in community with, especially when we're feeling alone and untethered. Mm. So beautiful. I can just see you in your garden, hand on womb, hand on heart. It's a powerful image for a lot of reasons. I think because like we talked a lot about cycles today, like the cycles of nature and the natural world it's just such a potent reminder, isn't it, of yes, just of the interconnectedness of it all, of of us to one another, how we can connect to the self, connect to nature. I would love to know if there's anything else on your heart today, Heather, that you want to share before we wrap up. Hmm. You know, what's coming up for me is just a reminder for your lovely listeners that you're not alone. You don't have to do this alone. That's really important because it can be very easy. Um, I'm introverted. I'm emotional. 
the world is overwhelming, it can be very easy to just say, you know what, I'm just going to crawl back into my turtle shell and like, I got this. I'm just going to shut shut everybody else out and 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 take this, you know, quietly on my own. And sometimes that's important. Sometimes that's very important. I mean, quiet alone time as a highly sensitive person is essential. And what I'm learning, you know, over over these past 10 years is that it's really important to have a community. It's really important mm-hmm. to have a community that you feel safe within to play and explore with what works for you, a place where you're not going to feel shame or judged. That is really important. Such a gift to be seen Mm -hmm. and to find people Mm -hmm. who see you and who allow you to see them. Yeah, and I know that that is one of your passions and and weaves its way through its through your work as well. If people want to connect with you, Heather, where's the best place that they can find you? Yes. Oh, please do. I love connecting. So you can reach out to me personally in my email, which is divinelysensitive at gmail.com. You can come play with me on Instagram at divinelysensitive. And if you're feeling up for it, you can have a listen to my podcast, Hear Her with Heather Dressel, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for the gift of your insights, your reflections, your heart wisdom today. It was such a beautiful conversation, and I truly can't wait to hear how it lands with listeners. Oh, Megan, thank you so much. It's really, it's been truly an honor to be here with you and and share this conversation and to be here in this space with your lovely listeners. So thank you so much. What a beautiful conversation. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. There's something so special about connecting and hearing from other people about how they navigate being sensitive, being a big feeler, navigate all of those emotions. And it always, 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 no matter how many times it happens, it reminds me that I am not alone. That even though I might need to play and explore the unique tools that work for me, there are other people who feel a lot of feelings too. I hope you're leaving this episode feeling, especially if you are a big feeler, that you're not alone. And if you listened to the last episode, you know that this theme of not being alone has been a part of the podcast recently. Carrying on with that theme, I truly always so deeply love hearing from you. If you want to hop on over to Instagram and send me a DM at Megan L. Johnston and let me know how this conversation landed for you today, it would make my day. I love connecting with you and I also love hearing your feedback. So just a reminder that for the month of May, it is the podcast listener survey month and there's a pretty sweet giveaway with a chance to win some awesome prizes like a personal retreat package. You can head on over to meganjohnston.com slash podcast survey. And that link is also in the show notes. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder. <laughs>